Do you hear this? This is the sound of an Ethernet cable that is running through the 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 planks here of the attic and goes straight into my little loft here, enters my room over the floor and goes straight into my PC. I have wired internet. <laughs> and I'm so stoked. Finally, I have reliable internet. It's not the fastest. It's still uh, cable internet. But at least I get stability. So no longer in the middle of a Skype call will the connection drop or when I'm streaming, um, people will completely have a broken connection and will lose me. I can now finally play a video game with other people without all of a sudden disappearing from the scene in the middle of a, an important collaboration project. I am so happy. It took four weeks, but I have internet and I couldn't be happier. Um, they installed this this morning. I'm now walking down the stairs. I'm going for a walk outside. This huge, huge rectory. This is a very steep flight of stairs. Here's the first door. Now I'm in a small hallway with beautiful stained glass windows here. And now I'm heading down to ground level. And here at the end of the stairs is a nice statue of the, of the Holy Family. So you see little Jesus asleep in the arms of his mom. And then Joseph who stretches out his left hand to protect and bless the family. And here is a big oaken door, the oaken shield of the rectory, which I'm now opening, stepping into the sun because the sun is back and I couldn't be happier because it's been cold. It's been really, really cold. I think this is the coldest, the coldest month of April is behind us in, uh, in 30 years. <laughs> and uh, this weekend, I'm recording this on Friday in the afternoon. This weekend, we're going to have normal temperatures again. It's, it's going to be around 20 degrees Celsius. And that is actually also really, really nice. Because tomorrow, um, I'm taking Inga with me to uh, the cathedral of the Diocese of Haarlem, Amsterdam. Um, to train a group of young people that have set up... Um, a YouTube channel called Cathedral TV or Cathedral TV in, in Dutch. And they've been for, uh, for a year now, I think, ever, I think since the beginning of COVID, uh, of the pandemic, they've been uh, filming their own documentary or their own reports. And uh, they have like a news bulletin every week. And uh, they reached out to me a couple of weeks ago asking if it, I could share some of my experiences with them and give them some tips and pointers to improve their uh, their skill and so tomorrow I'll be going over all the things that I've learned the way in which I uh, film my own TV shows and it can go from you know storytelling principles to very practical technical details and uh, and I'm of course very glad that it's going to be nice weather because I'm going to give them also uh, a task, a, a, a video that they have, will have to shoot themselves with what they've learned to also practice 
what I've preached. <laughs> so it's a gorgeous afternoon. I'm here in the main shopping street, but I'm turning left now towards the the uh, the Latin School. So this is this white building at the end of this alley used to be a school where I guess people were taught Latin, <laughs> maybe other uh, disciplines, I'm, I'm not sure. And there was a restaurant, the bars are open again, this is part of the relaxation um, now that uh, the results of the vaccinations are starting to become clear. The, we're, we're slightly, just slightly loosening up the tight regulations and so one of the things that are now allowed is to sit outside on a terrace. And, uh, of course, there's still social distancing, so there's not as many tables as normal. But still, you see lots and lots of people taking advantage of the slightly higher temperatures. To Here in this park, they're, they're also sitting in the grass uh, for, uh, for a chat. And, of course, uh, this being a student city... It's mostly students that are here. And I'm now walking alongside the remains of the castle of Wageningen, which I think dates from the 17th century. And uh, there's not much left, but I do see the outer wall, the defense wall, I guess. Or maybe this was part also of uh, city defenses, I'm not sure. And on my left is just green grass, where you can sit under huge trees. It's a very, very nice spot. I, I guess if the temperatures rise just a little bit more, it will be the perfect uh, time of the year to sit outside and just relax. So I am excited about tomorrow. I'm very happy, of course, that I can finally have stable internet. But I'm also very stoked uh, about the progress that we've made this week on the renovation of the house. For those of you that may have missed my previous updates, so I'm moving into a new rectory uh, in a town not far from here. But the rectory, it dates back to the 50s of the previous century. It was built, I think, in 1954, 55. So uh, together with a, with a church, which is in the same era. But since the 50s, it has not been renovated. And so everything... You know, it's it's fine. It's a nice, spacious house. But everything is in dire need of uh, renovation, an upgrade, sometimes repairs. And uh, I've, I, I, it took quite a while to find the people who could do this. Uh, and I reached out to uh, the people that follow me on social media, see if I could find some volunteers, maybe even some people that have special skills. But ultimately, I ended up with uh, uh, a few people from my previous parish who uh, used to do this for, for a living, or just really good experts. And uh, together with them, we made a plan, as well as with, uh, of course, my contacts here in the parish. And initially, the plan was to just repair what was broken and do the bare necessities, the only kind of request that I had that is a little bit more uh, 
uh, uh, let's say more more impactful on the house itself was I wanted to 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 use the kitchen that I that I wanted to install in the rectory in Hooglanderveen to install it in this new uh, rectory because there was a, a really old kitchen that was absolutely you know it was nice but absolutely not uh, uh, conducive to uh, to the kind of cooking that I do. So we needed to change that. And the second request that I had was if instead of a, a very old, broken toilet on the first floor um, and a, well, basically a, a small shower, which was so old and so uh, leaky and, and dirty and whatnot, to use one of the rooms on the upper floor to, and change that into a bathroom. And that was it. That was it. We would just paint it and wallpaper it. And But now that I have these professionals and we were looking at the entire situation together with Hank, uh, who, uh, the acolyte who helps me with the international mass, coordinates all that, but also has a background in building and construction, uh, we actually decided, you know what, we're going to do this more thoroughly. Why do half work? Why not take advantage of the fact that I'm not yet living there to make sure that everything is renovated from top to bottom. And instead of uh, kind of divide that over the, the certain things that the parish would do, certain things that I would take care of, um, I offered the parish, if you guys uh, finance the material, and I will make sure that the rest is uh, taken care of. And uh, in, instead of outsourcing this to all sorts of different companies, let's just have the... Because, uh, you know, there there are so many skills in this small group of people that are helping me right now. We could probably just do this for a couple of weeks and be done with it. And the alternative, the initial plan, would stretch out over the years because um, I think that, for instance, the bathroom... There, like everybody right now during this pandemic is working on interior, you know, fixing their houses and 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 doing renovations. So a lot of the craft craftsmen, a lot of the companies that are doing this kind of carpentry, are booked until the end of the year. So for for instance, for the bathroom, I would have needed to wait until October, I think, before they could even start that. Plus it would have been very expensive. But now that we've stripped everything, and we, we included, we took out all the, the ceilings. It was still this kind of soft board material, which is highly flammable. And yeah, it looked still nice, but uh, it's only a couple of hundred bucks material uh, and a day of work to completely replace them with something that is much safer and looks so much prettier. Plus, it has the added advantage that we, since we've now removed the ceilings, we can redo the electricity, which is also very old. And you can imagine that with the kind of equipment that I work with, uh, I wanted to have um, reliable electricity. Uh, so almost none of the um, uh, current outlets are modern uh, and, and uh, are safe. So... Now that we've removed the ceilings, we can redo that in much faster. So we're going to save so much money just uh, and time 
because we can do everything at once. And so the work started this past Monday, this Monday. So this is day five. And I am just totally flabbergasted to see how much work has already been done. It's insane. It's like I should do another video where I show you like the progress. Maybe I'll do that next week. And I, I just didn't think it was possible to get so much done in just a few days by focusing uh, everything on a few people that have the skills, the necessary skills, and to be able to do everything at once so you can work in a very efficient way. And that, I mean, seriously, <laughs> it is so... Uh, encouraging to see the progress and I'm also learning a lot myself because I'm going there every day and then I get a tour of what they've done and how they solve all sorts of problems and a lot of the things that I at first sight was like oh it's old it's kind of you know it still works but honestly we should probably ideally we would renovate this but it's so complicated and I don't know how that works. And, well, for these, these experts, it's just a matter of, oh, we know how to fix this. We can do that and, you know, we'll, we'll solve it. And then a day later, it is fixed and it's solved. Whereas it seemed to be something completely impossible to, <laughs> to change. And, uh, gosh, every time I'm, I'm, uh, I'm encouraged to, uh, to go for quality... And I'm so happy that Hank has encouraged me so much to uh, to don't lower my standards in in uh, how to do not doing things half, but make sure that you that what you do you do it well. So I'm currently walking up the the dike here on the uh, what is it? I think this is the south side of the city. So I'm overlooking the grasslands here around the river, and I'm walking. Uh, eastwards now so I've got the sun in my back and uh, since I'm a little bit elevated I've got a beautiful side on the left side I can see the the church towers and the buildings of the of the town of the city and on my right side it's mostly meadows trees a sliver of of water in the distance ah gorgeous here absolutely gorgeous so the, of course, the only thing that is uh, that I need to take care of is I've got to finance it because I offered. Well, you know what? I, I'll take care of the of the hours of of work, uh, whereas the parish will will just have to pay the uh, materials. That is usually the least of the costs. Um, but since things are going so fast, um, I'm still glad that we that we chose to do it this way. Plus. As I mentioned in a previous episode of The Walk, this is what I've saved for for so many years. Oftentimes, people will save money without really knowing why, not giving it a purpose. And uh, what I've learned in budgeting is you have to give every euro, every dollar a purpose. Otherwise, why would you save? It doesn't make sense. And that can be anything. It's not necessarily something for you. It could also be, you know, I'm saving up for my children or I want to invest in uh, uh, my pensions, or uh, I want to have a buffer so that if my car breaks down, I can buy a new one without 
uh, without getting stuck financially or, or even worse, going into debt. And so uh, I'm, I'm so glad that now the, uh, the years before... I've, I must have saved money every year. Um, so on, I usually live on a pretty tight budget. So um, in order to save as, as much as I can, put it aside. And since I knew that one day I would probably have to move and maybe you know, uh, refurbish a house or get myself or pay rent for a new house or, I don't know, just this. My hobbit hole, my hobbit hole, that's how I called it. It's the fund for my hobbit life, my future hobbit life. Well, that hobbit life starts now. And uh, somehow it's very liberating, even though, uh, let's say by the way I was raised and the way I handle money is always very prudent uh, very careful. I'm not spending anything um, without uh, without thinking it over multiple times. I never buy any d- type of device without reading the reviews and comparing it and making sure that I've got a good deal. Uh, I hardly ever buy anything for its regular retail value or, or price. I always look for uh, the moment that I can get it for a, a lower price or I'll wait for a sale. So I'm very good at... Um, uh, what is it? Delayed gratification. Just waiting for the time where you can get it with a discount. And so, even though I was raised like that and I behave like that when it comes to money, um, now that it's necessary, now that we need to make speed and I have the funds, I'm all for let's just do this. And I think it's important to... I think it's sometimes it's better to just hire people that have they're really good at something and you pay them a little bit more than you would if you would do this with volunteers or anything because the end result is um, a certain you, you, you get a return on investment and for me it was a real uh, paradigm shift to, to, to look at you know what am I spending on this renovation well first of all it's an investment for the next years I hope to live here for quite a few years if of course uh, God doesn't have any, any other plans but so what I it's I what I pay now is for a lot of happy living hopefully in the years to come so that's one thing the second thing is I'm investing in a building that belongs to the parish so even though it is uh, I, I'm, I'm making sure that everything is well done for myself it's also going to add to the value of this building for the future. And for whatever, at one point, the parish will probably rent it to someone else. Well, I want that next person or company or whatever it is to, to, to find a, a house that is in a better state than I found it in. <laughs> and there was just so much uh, that needs to be fixed. And I think because the previous... In, inhabitants only lived here for a few years you know they never got maybe they didn't have the budget to renovate it but I do have the budget and I do have the uh, the the people to do it well so it's also something that in the long run will hopefully uh, be useful if not for me then for the parish and uh, and another thing is I'm 
the fact that I've outsourced it instead of doing this with volunteers, which of course can be a lot of fun, but it would take up so much of my time. Whereas now I can spend that time on making my TV show, on uh, editing. So I could have, of course, hired an editor to do the final three episodes of my TV show. Um, Now I can do it myself because it's outsourced. And so I'm actually uh, making the... Uh, by by doing the editing myself I'm saving thousands of euros that I normally would have to pay to an editor so of course that is not going to my bank account but still um, my the, t- the time that I don't have to do the refurbishment myself not you know apart from the fact that I'm not even good at this I don't know how to install a new bathroom I don't know anything about building although I'm learning fast uh, I can use that time to do my specialty, the things that I'm really good at and irreplaceable at. And that is valuable too. So it's not that I'm just spending money, I'm also earning my wages because I've outsourced work that I can't do myself. What you hear is they are, these guys are from Greece. And they're currently straightening the pavement uh, of, I think this is uh, a bike lane, and it's on the left side of the dike here, uh, because they've just added the uh, orange fiber uh, cables. So this entire city is now going to be connected to fiber internet. And so they opened the street, put the cables in place, and then closed it again. Something that uh, they also did um, last week in, in Wageningen. And I'm still working on, on, on <laughs> reverting some of the problems there because they skipped the church and the rectory for some mysterious reason. And now I'm, uh, I'm trying to make sure that they uh, come back and also create a, a fiber internet connection for the rectory and for the church because our consumption of bandwidth is only going to grow because, uh, because of streaming, because of all the media activities here at the parish. So the, the, the thing that I'm most excited about is that I've got the feeling that since I've been able to free myself up to focus, to fully focus on the renovation and on the TV work that has to be done, it's all in balance. I'm not trying to do everything myself, um, but I'm choosing, you know, what is my value? What, what is my, uh, my craft, which is making TV shows, doing media work? And what can I outsource so that I can focus on that? And uh, by doing that, I feel that despite the fact that this has been a very... Um, is, it, is uprooting a word? Like it's been a very uh, chaotic period and uh, none of this was what I planned at the start of this year. I never thought that I'd be currently you know, moving into a new house and having to renovate it this thoroughly. But now that I'm in this process, I think it is going so well and it feels so great to work with professionals 
and and this this feeling of like you know I can do this and I'm going to go for the best that is also something that that motivates me to do the same with in other areas of my life and to to speed up certain things to choose to do things right and to invest in quality knowing that that first of all will make me happy to uh, to be working on stuff that is really worth working on and plus it will generate value for other people and that is rewarding to know that what i'm doing is going to help other people and uh, uh i hope that it it makes me think about my the choices that i make you know am i going to go for uh for a lot of things and all, do them all kind of 50% or am I going to focus on a few things that I can do really well and go 100% for quality and uh, and that is what I what I hope to do in the weeks to come on the other hand it also means you have to I have I have to really watch myself uh, and prevent myself from embarking on all sorts of smaller projects that are not really worth my time um, so there's always a bit of anxiety, you know. Am I falling behind? Shouldn't I do this? Shouldn't I do that? So uh, to give you a concrete example, Disney has just launched this new series, uh, uh, which is a sequel to The Clone Wars, and it's about this batch of of uh, kind of deviant clones that somehow have to deal with the change, the huge change in the galaxy from the um, uh, from from the republic it was, and then the, the, this conversion after Order sixty six into the Empire, and uh, the one thing that sets these clones apart is that they have not been um, susceptible to this uh, this order by the Emperor to kill all the Jedi. So, but then again, they're not; they're still cloned cloned soldiers so what is their place going to be in on the canvas of 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 the of this part of star wars history very interesting series i love it and immediately i get this unrest this feeling of like oh i should be on top of this i should record a commentary so i sat down watched the first episode and took copious notes i'm thinking what am i doing i can never match the speed of all these other YouTubers that are doing this. Um, plus, it's not fun anymore. I can't enjoy it because I'm constantly thinking I have to watch this so it can be useful. But it's okay to do stuff that is not immediately useful. So this utilitarian approach that I despise sometimes in our current culture and that I would never want to put on other people's shoulders... Like, you have to do this, you have to prove your value, etc. I'm still falling for it myself. I still think that I have to do all these different things, have to be everything for everyone, in order to prove what? As if the people that follow me don't see that I'm currently very, very busy with these renovations. I'm still trying to do my regular work as a priest and... And uh, in, in the apostolate that I have online. So even though I maybe could do something, 
if it becomes another burden, I'm just overloading uh, my schedule and I'm, I'm asking too much of myself. So <laughs> seeing how with the renovation of the house, it's all about focus and going 100% for quality instead of quantity and and try you know just waiting let let all the other stuff wait this is now very important to get it done get it over with don't think you'll we'll we'll do the next part of the project in october and then maybe next year we'll do this or that no let's just go full force for uh for a good result and then we can move on and i'm i'm trying to apply that to my own uh, work schedule and, and, and the things that I choose to do as well. Let's focus on what needs to be done. Let's do that really well. And then once the house is ready, there will be much more time. Uh, it will be much easier to work because everything will be in place. And uh, uh, the, the renovation will be over and I don't have to think about it all the time. So... Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the current state of my life. I'm heading back to Hotel the World. Plus, you know, um, not burdening myself with all these, not listening to that little voice that tells me it's never, it's not enough. You should do this. You should do that. And 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 getting giving myself all that extra stress for nothing. Um, not falling for that also frees me up to enjoy this time that I live here in Wageningen, that I'm with the other students in the, at the rectory, Father Henry. And, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to slow down a little bit because there's also, a, it almost feels a bit like what my father used to do when he was still working. He was always working, always working. And he loved his work. He was a judge. And so... He had a ton of work. Plus, he did a, a lot of volunteer work for the local uh, council, the city council or the town council. Um, but there, he could never really enjoy stuff. He could never sit down and watch a movie or listen to music because he f- constantly felt that he had to do something. He had to um, help or finish another project. But now my father is in a care home and dementia has kicked in and the only thing that he does now is to just be there for the people that he lives with listen to their to their worries or you know just the things that are on their mind he tells stories he tries he tries to cheer them up he tells jokes and he enjoys it when i take him out for a walk and then that's it you know there's no pressure in his life anymore no stress and it brings out the best of who he is. I was talking about it with my sister the other day, and we were both like, like, like we barely recognize our father anymore. He's so relaxed, and he's so happy when you're there, and he's so enjoying who he is, and he's enjoying the life that he leads, even though, of course, it is a life with many limitations. But why should we wait until we are in his situation before we start following his example? You know, there is a certain simplicity about my dad. And I know from the people that take care of him that he is bringing so much joy, so much laughter to everyone 
uh, that works there and lives there with him. I'm thinking, yeah, I think my father has discovered something that I should implement in my own life as well. What use is it, to put it biblically, biblically, <laughs> to put it biblically, what use is it to gain the world if in the process you lose your soul? That's exactly it. What use is it to finish project after project, to pile up the work, to make a ton of money, to have a wonderful career, to have the biggest YouTube channel? What good is it if in the process you lose yourself and, and, and you, can't, you can no longer enjoy the things that you do? Because every time you finish something, there's already something else that is asking for your your attention and you feel that it's never enough. I I hear sometimes in my conversations with uh, Father Henry, I hear myself from a couple of years back. And Father Henry is a very, very hard worker, extremely dedicated priest, who is the pastor of, I think right now, six churches and maybe 12 communities. Not everyone has its, has their own church anymore. But there is also a pitfall. And that is that, that if you try to do everything, if you try to be everything for everyone, you lose yourself. And, and very often I see him working till late at night and then he's like, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. When will this stop? I'm thinking the moment you say that, you should ask yourself, but is this what God wants? Is this truly... Of, of course, I, I agree with Father Henry that we should, we should not be lazy. We should, we should do what we can to build up the kingdom of God. But God will never rob us from our internal peace. From, he, will, he, he doesn't want us to destroy our health. Only maybe by special vocation if you're called to, I don't know, be a martyr or whatever. But God wants us to be healthy so we have the energy to be there for others. And he wants us to spend time with him and to, to, uh, to experience that peace. What good is it to preach about peace and prayer and and taking time for relationships, for friendships, and for your relationship with God, if in your own life you cannot do that because you're, you constantly live under that pressure that it's not enough. I should do this, I should do that. People expect me to do this and that. I think many, many of my colleagues, and myself as well, we often, we often forget that uh, we, we, tr- we tend to treat ourselves much more harshly and without mercy <laughs> compared to how we treat others. And uh, I was talking with a friend about this, uh, uh, this, this difficult situation and some tough choices had to be made. And uh, the person I was talking with was also wondering, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing enough? Should I have done this or should I have done that? And I told him, what if this was not you, not your life, but what if a good friend of you would have this problem and would come to you. What should I do? What would you then say? Well, I'd probably tell him to not sweat it so much, not to worry, to let it go, to just 
trust that it's going to be all right. Like, exactly, exactly. So if you would tell that to your best friend, why don't you tell yourself to do that? Why do we have different standards for ourselves and others? Uh, God's commandment that, that Jesus gives us, the most important commandment is to love God above everything and to love your neighbor as you love yourself, as yourself. And it's, it's so obvious, and we wholeheartedly agree with that, but in the nitty-gritty details of our lives, we so often forget that. And, and, and this is not the first time that I, that I talk about this here on the walk, but it's so true. You know, try to take a look at your own life from the perspective of your best friend. See, pretend that you, not, <laughs> that you are your best friend. How would you look at the way you're leading your life? So what I try to do with Father Henry is also to tell him, just, you know, slow down. Let me handle that for you. Let me help you. Um, and, and try not to work constantly. That, that is not healthy. It's, it's also uh, one, of the, one of the risks of that, and I've done that so often myself, is to think that you're indispensable. Uh, that you have to do everything because that's what people expect and otherwise people will think I'm lazy well no actually you'd be surprised how how people look at you it's probably with a lot more mercy than you look at yourself anyway I'm repeating myself I'm uh, by by the way (laughs) pacing back and forth here uh, at the back of the church Um, so behind this wall here is the is the garden of the church and uh, the domain of uh Arturo the cat. Oh, speaking of which, I'll end with that. Poor Arturo. He has been just as cold as I am. Only colder because he has to sleep outside. And so the other day, I, I, was, so, I was so sorry for him. And I went to this uh, pet store. It's actually not far from where I'm walking right now. And I asked him, well, what can I buy um, to replace the box with a carton box that this cat is sleeping in because he he must be freezing don't you have something nicer for him that we can you know that at least during the night he can be warm and that is actually cleaner a lot cleaner than that dirty old box that he's sleeping in and then the lady actually said or the girl that worked there it's like what i would recommend is to contact the local animal what is it animal ambulance it's an organization that uh that, that tries to help animals um, in in difficult situation and uh, see if they can give you uh, a trap, a cat trap. So it's basically a small box that the cat might want to explore and then he can actually go in, but, he, but then, you know, he gets trapped. Then you can bring him to the vat or they can bring him to the vat. They can see if he's chipped. So if he's got a, a tracker or, or chip with an ID, then... You may be able to uh, figure out what his history is and if someone is missing him. And if not, if he's not chipped, then at least he can get treatment. And, uh, and then you can still talk with them to see what would be the best for the cat. But it's not good for a cat to be outside all year long. Most cats are really meant to be inside or at least have shelter. But this cat is constantly outside and... Uh, she told me that, you know, with this kind of weather, with the, the cold wind, a cat can easily get uh, pneumonia and die from it. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, no, I don't want that to happen to poor Arturo. And so that's my next, that's going to be my next project is I want to, I want to take care of this cat. I want to make sure that he, he's healthy and, and that he survives and, and enjoys his, uh, his old age because I think it's an old cat. Definitely looks old to me. And now for the other day I found him in the garden and he was just curled up against the wall of the student house next door. And he was, and it was drizzling a little bit. And the, the, the poor cat was doing nothing. He was just sitting there surviving the cold. And I fell for him. I felt for him because I, I was super cold as well. But I was like, oh, I'm going to go inside and, and see if I can heat up a little bit. This cat has no... That's not an option for this cat. So, anyway. Arturo teaches me to be compassionate. Even though uh, the cat itself is not giving any friendship and probably just sees me as a provider of his food and I certainly should not get anywhere near him because then he starts to hiss at me. Um, but that doesn't matter. You can be good to people that are, that are maybe not very kind to you. It doesn't prevent you from loving them and helping them. And the same is true for cats as well. So... <laughs> <laughs> little Arturo I love that cat anyway that's it for today's walk thank you so much for your time and uh, make sure to check out my other shows this week as well now that I have stable internet I can finally stream my shows again on YouTube so uh, see you there or see you next week talk to you later God bless <laughs>